My name is Bobby. I'm a paramedic with 27 years of experience in EMS and fire. And my name is Jason, and I'm a retired paramedic with 20 years experience in EMS and fire. And together we're paramedics unscripted. On this show, everything is on the table. We'll talk about burnout in the business, calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, Holly Pharmacy, frequent flyers, the current housing market, the financial system, BS doctor office visits, or anything else we want to, all from a paramedic's point of view. And why? Because we're paramedics unscripted. Welcome back into Paramedics Unscripted. I'm your co-host Jason. I'm here with my co-host Bobby for episode number 31. Thank you, thank you. Please hold your applause. Please hold your applause. Bobby, how you doing, brother? Hola, hola. Buenas tardes, mi amigo. <laughs> mi amigo, cerveza. I heard, you, I heard you had a lot of fun there. Great. Did, did, you, did you want to talk about that at all? Well, you know I want to talk about Mexico. Yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, we're sorry you know to everybody, I mean? too, because we've had, like, uh, you know, last end of the year kind of thing. Everybody's doing little trips and different stuff going on. And, uh, um, you know, we all take vacations and do stuff, so that kind of happens sometimes. So sorry right. that we haven't put out episode in a while, but we're back, and we are ready to entertain. Bobby, tell them what you got. Shitloads happened since the last cast, bro. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. <laughs> a shitload. I mean, the uh, – the, uh, the House of Representatives have completely changed as far as the, you know, basically the majority being uh, Republican and instead of, you know, Democrat. And uh, certain uh, people within the House of Representatives have been booted out of their positions, which is actually a plus. Um, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not Democrat or Republican. I just, I look at right and wrong. And that was a right choice by booting some of those people off of their committees. So, Yeah. I'm specifically talking about Adam Schiff and Swalwell. Coming in hot today. Who, oh, yeah. Who Adam Schiff, as people know, if they don't know, he was the uh, chairman of the uh, Intelligence Committee within the House of Representatives. And he was the guy, and he is just known on both sides of the fence as just being a pathological, fucking evil, just liar. But. Nancy Pelosi kept him on, you know, as the uh, chairman of the uh, of the intelligence committee. But since McCarthy has uh, taken the reins as far as Speaker of the House, you know, that was like, you know, first order of business was to boot um, Adam Schiff out and uh, Eric Swalwell, who, if anybody doesn't know who Eric Swalwell is, Eric Swalwell was, uh, you know, basically an, you know, Adam Schiff. Number two, you know, a guy that just fucking lies. And, uh, you know, why a good reason why he should have been booted off the intelligence committee anyway was because he was caught having an affair with a Chinese spy, you know, several years back, which completely compromises him. And why should you let somebody be on the House Intelligence Committee when they're privy to certain classified information? Yet, if he went to the civilian side of things, there's no way in hell he would be able to get a security clearance. So that was a good move by the new uh, Speaker of the House's uh, hand as well. So that's all. That's all I'll say on that. But you know, that that's that's one big thing that happened literally first week of the year. <laughs> but uh, catching everybody up, I hear you. Well, yeah, uh, but uh, no, but getting back to Mexico or getting back to the holidays. Yeah, we went to. Went to uh, 
the uh, Yucatan for, you know, the first part of the new year, which was great. I didn't really want to come back just yet, but <laughs> yeah, no one does. On we the did. No, and I just, I mean, there's, uh, I, especially, I mean, the Mexican people in general, cause I mean, half my family's Mexican, but, uh, that part of Mexico, you know, right there in the Yucatan Peninsula, you know, right around, uh, you know, Playa de Carmen, Tulum, Cancun, uh, Cozumel, you know, so many places that that part, you know, the Caribbean side of kind of like where the Caribbean meets the Gulf, you know, that part right before Mexico turns into middle America um, is just gorgeous. Dude. And the people are so freaking nice, man. That's I mean, awesome. Mexican people in general are nice. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I know, I know like Mexico and, and a lot of, you know, different subjects gets a bad, a bad rap because of the, the whole cartel situation and whatnot. And that's a whole other topic, but you know, that doesn't mean that that's like saying that, you know, all Americans are, you know, mafia, you know, it's just, it's not the case, yeah, you know? Course. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, the Mexican, I've never, you know, been around nicer people. Yeah. Mexican the pictures you sent from there were awesome. I was like, damn. Right. Nice, friendly, you know, I've never seen anybody work harder and, and just thorough. I mean, great. I can't, I can't say anything bad. Okay. All right. you know? And I, I hadn't been around, I hadn't been to that part of Mexico in, in a while. So it was good to get back. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like that, you, you need a break, you know, at the end of the year, you need to like, Kind of unwind, recharge, and all that stuff, and then you, of course, you're with your right. family and stuff like that. So that's really cool too. You know what I mean? Right, and of course, you know, in that part of Mexico too, like I said, you're you're close to where it turns into Middle America, where you've got you've got Belize, Honduras, uh, Costa Rica, you know, El Salvador, you know, all right around the corner. That's awesome. You know, and and um, so there's it's it's just a it's a great. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know the West side of Mexico and other parts of Mexico are great too. But I mean, that's just, I hadn't been to that part of Mexico in a while. It was, it was good to, to be in the Yucatan. Yeah. Cause that's like that whole Cosmel area there is that's like a huge tourist area too. So, you know, they're going to oh, do yeah. it all right and do it big and everything. How was the food there? Right. Was it good? Dude. Cause I know you're at a resort. So I know they have like, usually those are all inclusive there in the Mexican. I'm like, old I mean, there. you know how much I like Mexican food. Yeah. But, who, uh, yeah. Who doesn't? But, when you have authentic Mexican food, how it's supposed to be prepared and how, you know, you know, local Mexicans eat it. That's, you just can't compare anything to it. Cause I mean, let's be honest when it comes to Mexican food in this country, a lot of it is Tex-Mex. I mean, a lot of the flavors we, we get in Mexican, Mexican food here in, in America, not that it's not good, not that there's not a lot of authentic parts of it, but a lot of it, like especially the real spicy stuff and the real, you know, a lot of it's like Tex-Mex, like you get in the Southwest, um, you know. And then when you when you go into to Mexico, I mean, you notice a lot. Depending on where you're at, there's a lot, lot, a lot of more mild aspects to it. You know, a lot of more mild yet different flavors. Still a lot of the same flavors, but just different. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I got. You. Yeah. I mean, everything here's all commercialized and stuff like that. You know, like yeah. have, like Taco Bell and all that stuff. Well, it's kind of like it's if you go to like an, shit, you know, right? If you go to an Asian restaurant in America, you know, a lot of times it's going to be it's it's going to cater to 
what that specific, you know, region where that restaurant lies, what they cater to as far as what the public wants. Right, right. And you right. see that with, a, like, for instance, uh, I remember with one of my old martial arts instructors who was in Suffolk, Virginia. Um, uh, we, we were hungry one day after training, and it's like, well, let's order some food. And he, he's like, well, there's this, there's a Chinese restaurant right around the corner. He goes, I haven't eaten at that, but it supposedly is pretty good. It's like, okay. And, you know, I just ordered something like, you know, simple like uh, chicken lo mein or vegetable lo mein, and, and that was it. I just wanted something, you know, that some simple carb that would fill me up since I'd been training all day to get my energy back. The food comes, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and my buddy, my buddy Dave's like, what do you mean? I said, I got spaghetti noodles with ketchup all over it and some raw frickin' onions sprinkled all over it. And then our teacher, you know, says, well, he goes, this is a perfect example of this restaurant has learned what the environment around it likes and has tweaked it to that. So you're not going to get the authentic. You're going to get what the, you know, the public has kind of demanded and kind of turned it into. And that's exactly what we got. So, I mean, and, 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 you know, not a lot that's of places so aren't that extreme, but it just, it just kind of shows you how things can evolve into what that certain particular area likes, you know, depending on where it is. That's what you gotta do. Like the, like um, where I live here, we have a, a big like uh, food truck scene, you know? So that, that's where you get a lot. Trucks, yeah. Man. That's where you get a lot of more authentic stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like we have a big, uh, we have a big thing here. It's like the taco bus and they have like amazing stuff and it's all Mexican and authentic. And yeah, it's, t- it's just different. You know what I mean? It's different in a good way, you know? Yeah. It, it, in a lot of ways it's, it's cleaner. Yeah, and it's probably nothing close you know. to what you had in Mexico, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Because that's they're using their their ingredients from their country, which probably changes everything. But oh man, you know, fresh habaneros. Um, you know, their their fish, fish tacos that, are probably like fish caught there. That fish day. that was caught, fish that was caught that morning. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, I mean, it just it just crazy. Yeah, there's know, nothing so more was, than pisses me off at like a Mexican restaurant, like just in the state somewhere, where you go and you order like because I love fish tacos as you know already but uh but yeah. you go there and you get fish tacos and it's like some fried shit that they was frozen you know you sure i'm sure it was frozen from something like i can't stand those places i'm like wait that's not a fish t- like i want grilled fish you know right fresh grilled well, no, fish I, I don't want like fry i mean if you're getting the fried that's fine just say it's fried fish tacos then you know right not not that they're not good but yeah. i mean uh it's not what like you're expecting Right, because like for instance, like when you and I have been out for fish tacos plenty of times. Yeah, shout um, out to Julio. Yeah, Julio. You want that grilled kind of white fish, whether it's like mahi, whether it's uh, you know swordfish, or whether it's uh, you know even you know cod or or tilapia or something like that or yeah. flounder. You want it grilled, but then you know, you got a lot of places and it's just deep fried fish chunks. Yeah, which you is know, okay. which, which isn't it's which isn't okay. bad, but yeah. you know yeah. But I like Uncle Julio. They're not a uh, they're not a sponsor or anything. I wish they were. But like that that place is just the the flavors were like banging there. It was so it tasted so fresh and so good and you know so I don't know. I bet I'm sure you had better ones like I said in Mexico, but uh, they got to be pretty close. <laughs> oh no! Don't get me wrong, Uncle Julio's. I still, as far as fish tacos in in the area where I live now, I mean Uncle Julio's is is hard to beat. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have, know, we have a anybody, good one here that's good, but it's like it's not quite as good as Uncle Julio's. It's very close, but it, it's not quite as good. Yeah, if any, if if, uh, if there are people out there that don't know, I mean, there's, there's plenty of people out there that have never heard of Uncle Julio's. Well, Uncle Julio's is a uh, local restaurant slash cantina where where we live or used to live, and it's a uh, they've got you know great great Mexican food and great margaritas, but especially as when it comes to the food, they've got great fish tacos. It's a chain too. I don't know. I know it's in multiple yeah, it places is. in Virginia. I don't know if it's other places. I don't know if they've gone outside the, the state name footprint. Is Uncle Julio's Rio Grande or Rio Grande Uncle Julio's. Hmm. And um, some people might know it as Rio Grande, but you know, I, I've always known it as just Uncle Julio's. Yeah, I'm getting funk and hungry. <laughs> no shit, dude. So what'd you do? Uh, what'd you do uh, over the holidays, bro? Well, we already talked about uh, my cruise. We went on for uh, Thanksgiving. That was awesome. Uh, definitely that is a, uh, something if you're, uh, if you're a cruising fanatic like myself, um, that is definitely something to try is like a holiday like that. Cause you don't have to do any dishes. There's no cleanup. You just get served awesome food. And then you like, it was kind of weird actually. Like it was like, I remember we got home, you know, we had tons of fun on this cruise and everything. And then we got home and then it was almost like, like we didn't have a Thanksgiving. Like it was kind of weird. Cause it wasn't like, it's not like, you know, cause you're not there with like all your family and friends and stuff like that, you know, as much as right. it's that it's different. Cause you're with like, you know, all these, whatever we had, I think 3,500 people on the boat or something, but you're, you're with all these other people. You're not sitting with them at dinner or anything like that, but you know, it's just a different feeling, but it was, it was cool. But we did do like the normal Thanksgiving stuff. We just did it a couple weeks earlier since we were going on the cruise this year, but it was cool. I highly recommend it. My wife really liked it too. Cause it was, it was just kind of, different you know and then for christmas of course we just were around doing family stuff around the local area here we didn't do anything exciting you know what about you yeah that's that's what i mean pretty much we did christmas at home uh with 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 parents and uh we uh then right after christmas we went to my in-laws we surprised my in-laws because my in-laws you know it's a big you know huge mexican portion of the family and my my mother-in-law since uh can't see all the family, you know, around the holidays. She likes doing her own holiday party, which is usually right after Christmas between Christmas and new year's. And so we were going to surprise them by going there and just showing up at the holiday party. So we were like tricking them, throwing them, throwing them off, you know, just to make sure that they didn't have any type of uh, feeling that we might show up and they had no idea. So we, and this, they live in St. Louis, so we flew out to St. Louis and, uh, you know, literally showed up right as the party was getting started, and they were freaking floored, and it was a good time. And we stayed we stayed there in St. Louis uh, through New Year's, and then we flew back New Year's Day. And then, to believe it or not, we were back for 24 hours, and then we were on a plane again to go <laughs> to Mexico. Because it was actually, believe it or not, it was actually, this is what throws me. It was actually cheaper to fly back home and then fly to Mexico than it was to fly from St. Louis straight to Mexico. Well, a lot of um, that, yeah, it doesn't surprise me because as a travel agent, like I deal with a whole bunch of suppliers that do all this all-inclusive stuff, and Mexico is obviously right. a huge, huge proponent of that. Um, they use different, like, I mean, they use tons of different airlines to get you where you need to go, depending on where you live in the United States or whatever. Um, but they definitely have hub hubs that. You know, if you're in the major hubs, like the major airport areas, 
they can get you there quicker. They can do like, you know, what, you know, um, you know, no layovers, nothing like that. Just get you straight there. One-stop shop. Um, and so right. they, they try to push those. I'm sure there's getting some sort of kickback from the, you know, the plane prices and stuff, uh, and the discount and stuff when they do those. But yeah, so that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me if you're, I don't know. I mean, I, I've never been to St. Louis. I would assume that's kind of a big area, but, uh, definitely not as big as the DC area, you know, obviously. Well, well one, of, one of the, one of the biggest mysteries though, bro is, uh, and this has been like, I've wondered this for years now. St. Louis, it's an international airport, just like, you know, Dulles or LAX or wherever, you know, Atlanta. But for Huntsville. some reason, yeah, for some reason, more expensive, four and a half flight to St. Louis. Put it this way I could fly to Los Angeles or San Francisco cheaper than it costs me to fly to St. Louis. And it doesn't make any sense. And it's like that every single time we try to go. No matter if we buy tickets in advance. I mean, you could compare it. It would be cheaper for me to fly anywhere else in the country than to St. Louis. It makes zero sense. Yeah, I don't I don't understand the whole... I'm not a big airplane guy. I don't like flying in airplanes. Not because I'm scared of them. I just post 9-11. I just can't stand all the dumb rules and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, that, it doesn't surprise me because they have all like all those air... The big air... You know, the big... Um, you know, air, airlines and stuff like that. They all like their hub stations they go through and they, you know, they fly like Delta's all goes to Atlanta and then they ship you to the next place from there. And it's, it, I get it, I guess to a point, you know, cause they're trying to, they basically, they're all trying to get their planes full. So every time they're going, they have a full plane. So they can make the most money per, per uh, gallon of fuel there. But it, it yeah, I don't understand that. I have to, you'd, have, you'd have to talk to like a local person in St. Louis to figure that out. Well, no, that's the thing. They can't figure it out either. You know, my, my, uh, my buddy, Michael, who is from St. Louis also, he flies back constantly to go see his kids. And um, he has the same problem. He's like, he's like, why the fuck is it so, why is it more expensive to fly to St. Louis than it is for me to fly from Denver to uh, Atlanta or from, you know, Denver to even Denver to Miami or something like that? Maybe they don't it's, have... Maybe, a lot cheaper. Maybe they don't have enough people that want to go to St. Louis. Not knocking St. Louis or anything. Like I said, never been there. But, but like maybe that's it. Maybe they don't just have enough demand. You know, because I think that's a lot of it too. Like if you're trying to get, like for instance, the DC area. I mean, you have hundreds of opportunities and different ways to do it. You know, with different airlines and stuff like that. But if you're trying to go to like smaller airports or maybe smaller cities that just don't do as much business, maybe that's it. I, I don't know. You know. Well, I mean, who knows, man? I, yeah. I, I just, uh, I've stopped. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like you, um, especially since 9-11. I, when, I, I like flying, and I always have, but I've gotten to the point where I don't like the process anymore because of just, just everything getting up and to where you go, like just the whole process of going through TSA and everything in between until you get past everything in your at the gate and you can go have a beer or something like that. Well, it's like, I've told you this. It, it, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's just, so one thing that I will say that has helped out a lot is one, if you can do TSA pre-check, become a member that way, it's kind of a pain in the ass to get all that stuff. You know, you got to go to one of the airports and fill out the paperwork and show your, you know, your IDs and whatnot. And you will get pre TSA, you know, TSA pre-check status, which basically puts you at the front of the line and, and it's you're quick going through TSA. You don't have to do all the things that a lot of, you know, the, that 
general population TSA, if you will, has to do. Like you, know, if you don't have to take your belt off. You don't have to take your shoes off, depending on the airport. But if yeah. it, you go basically right, you have a separate set of lines, and you get through it in like two seconds. Yeah, it's like being the on other, a, a suite or expedited boarding on a cruise ship. You have a whole separate line that there's no one in it. You just walk through. I've, right. I've got to do expedited thing, boarding before. It was incredible. <laughs> other thing that helps out a lot too that. I'm like, how did I never not do this before? Is depending on what airline you fly with more like on a regular basis. Like for for my wife and myself, it's usually it's United. So we're a member of uh, the United Club, which means you know we can go to like the the United Club lounge where you've got free beer, free wine, free drinks, free food, you know, comfortable seats to where if you have like a two hour layover or, or you know. Two hours, you can just sit there and relax and just chill out and just have something to eat, have something to drink, check your email, charge up your shit, and it is freaking worth it if you fly a lot. You know, if you don't fly that much and you're not going to use it, then it's not worth like because it costs. I think it was like four hundred dollars for the year, <laughs> something like well, that. Well, no, but yeah, but that's like, yeah. like yeah, like you said, if you're going to fly a lot, I would do the TSA pre-check. Because I've heard that from the yeah. multiple people that you just walk through, basically. And then also, yeah, whatever your airline is, like uh, your favorite airline, like do that and join their club so you get that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Get those benefits. And that's the other thing I was going to say, too. Like, and this is just as a travel agent person, too. Like, I don't care who you like as your airline. That's your business. But but just use one airline. And let, unless you have to use some other one for weird reasons or whatever. Try to use the same airline so you keep getting those benefits, you know? Like, you know, you, cause a lot of them will give you like points and extra miles and right. stuff like, like these people that go like on 17 different airplanes throughout the year. It's like, I'm just like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> at least hopefully you're at least using a credit card that gives you something with it, kickback from it, you know? But yeah, do that thing where you stuff so you can get in the lounges and stuff. Hell yeah. I would. If right. I, if I flew, use... I don't fly, but. Right. Or you can use, uh, a, like the, uh, a certain capital one card or you have an American express card that'll get you into the America lounge just, just from holding that credit card. And, you know, and you go in there and like I said, it's free beer, free wine, you know, a buffet of food. that's always fresh and, you know, coffee, you know, sodas, you know, comfortable seats, charge up your shit. And it, it, if you fly a lot, it's definitely worth it. Is that, is that with like any AMX card or do you have to have a certain one or like something like that? I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's just like the AMX platinum. Or, yeah. I was gonna say it's probably, I'm not, I'm not ones. sure exactly w- which one, but I think if you, if you're, if you are flying American airlines, I think you can have hold any AMX card. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. People out there fact check that, but, uh, uh, no, it's the, 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 the but as far as flying goes, this is the biggest problem I have with flying. This is this is the most asinine thing about flying that I don't understand. And to me, it's just common sense. Okay? What pisses me off the most about flying is how they, not how they offload the plane, but how they onload the plane. You know, when, when they offload the plane, or when they onload the plane, it, for the exception of first class, if you're flying first class, yeah, sure. Or, or people that have handicap problems, you know, those should be the first people to go on, you know. But... They, when they load the plane, they try to load front to back instead of back to front, which is why you have all these freaking, you know, it takes forever to load the plane because 
logic would say if you loaded from the back first, you know, people would be walking all the way to the back, and then they they'd be putting all their shit in the overhead compartments, and it would be more. It would just be more efficient. But nope, this is why you have all the traffic jams trying to get through the plane is because they're loading front to back to where all those people that are trying to find a place to put their overhead bag, you know, or their, their carry on bag, which usually most people bring too much shit on the plane or try to, you know, you're, they're stuck trying to get it up there or find another place to put it, which is keeping the whole line from people trying to get to the back of the plane. You know, if they would, like, like I've always said before, if they would just load the plane the same way they unload the plane, it would be more efficient. Yeah, I think some but of that it, might be like a marketing thing, though, too. What do you think? Like, so that you, a, so you walk by first class. If that's a marketing thing. Well, no, I'm saying first class, sure, load them first if they wanted. They paid all that freaking money, then they should be able to have that type of advantage. But when it comes to, like, just, you know, just normal coach or whatnot, just back to front, people. Come on. Everybody's still gonna have to walk past first class anyway. Yeah, but I think they like you know, they like making you see all the people that are in front already seated. They're all comfortable, and you're going back there getting herded like cattle. <laughs> it's it, it's just that that's the big the most painful thing is that crap. It's like because you always have there's never enough space in the overhead compartments so where people are trying to walk now get pushing you back forward so they can find a space you know, in an overhead compartment that's not anywhere near their seat. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, it's, it's dumb. But, um, that, uh, when it comes to flying, if I had a, if I had a, a, one thing that pissed me off the most, it's that. But other than that, you know, that I, there's really not too much to complain about anymore. Well, I can't stand all the post nine eleven bullshit, like all the rules. I just can't stand all that stuff. That's why TSA pre-check, if you fly a lot, it's definitely something people should think about because it will alleviate all that crap. You won't have to stand in a long line. You'll get through TSA in less than five minutes. Yeah, see that? I would definitely, if I, like I said, if I flew a lot, I would definitely do that because I heard it's not that expensive either for the, for the TSA pre-check stuff. And, and I, I would definitely do it because I, like I had my, my horror story um, after 9-11. This is, you know, within a few years after 9-11, whatever. I remember I went and my grandmother was, uh, flying over on Delta and, uh, right. and then we went to pick her up at Reagan, whatever. And, uh, they issued you and she's wheelchair bound at that point. Well, not wheelchair bound, but she, she was in a wheelchair. You're right. Cause she had mobility. Her mobility sucked. Um, and so Delta issued my, me and my, I went with my dad and me and my dad went up to the airport and we checked in with Delta because we were told that's what we were told to do. And they issued us a pass to get to the gate. It was, I guess it's called a gate pass. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember the name, but basically let you get through the security crap, you know, and all that stuff. And then you got to the gate and then you could get your grandmother. Cause they bring her off the, the plane, obviously on the wheelchair, you know, they just push her out. And then they hand you to hand you over to us. And then we walk back out and then we're done. Like then we go right. get in the car and everything's fine. Well, we were going through and I had this, uh, I had like this back when I smoked and I had this like slider lighter thing that I had that I loved. Like they're, right. they're like the cool thing. Everybody had them in the fire department. And I had this one that I'd had forever, and it was just my thing. And I went through, and they took it from me. Because I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, you can't have a lighter. I'm like, I can't have a lighter? I was like, oh, fucking Christ. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, that's my favorite lighter. Why are you taking my lighter? And they're like, 
was like, okay. I was like, I'm not getting on the plane. Like, I, I can't get on the plane if I wanted to. Like, I don't have a plane pass. I have a thing to get to the gate. And the gate was literally like, we'll say 30 feet from the, you could see it from like, it was the first gate, like right past the, right. the thing. I was like, it's, I'm going to that gate with that gate two or whatever. I don't know what it was. Right. And they're like, no, I'm sorry. We got to take it. And so I was like, unbelievable. And I was like, okay. So then we went through and, and, and you know, the plane came in and my grandmother came out and we took her and we pushed her back. So I went and I was walking out and I went back to check the same, you know, we didn't go through security again, but you come by the security station on the, outgoing side though and i was like hey can i talk to your one of your supervisors whoever your supervisor is and the supervisor came over and she was she was really nice and she's like hey what's going on and i was like hey look i went through here and i had to, as you can see i have my grandmother here she's in a wheelchair i had to pass from delta to go to the gate to pick up my grandmother i explained they can see on the pass too it says for gate two or whatever you know i was going to that gate and they took my lighter away from me because i guess it's on the the, the post dumb 9-11 list you know I was like, right. it's not, I'm not getting on an airplane. Like, wh what the fuck? This doesn't make any sense. And I was like, look, it's like, it's like sentimental to me. Can I have it? Can, is there any way I can get it back? Because this is really, and normally the answer is obviously no, but she was cool. She kind of reached in this box. She goes, which one is it? It's green or whatever color it was. And she handed it back to me and she gave it to me, which she wasn't supposed to. But, um, but she gave it back to me. It was cool. Cause I was like, that's stupid. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I was like, are like, if you're worried I could start a fire or something like that, that's cool. I get it. But I can start a fire here, and I'm 10 feet from the gate. Versus, you know yeah, what I mean? It doesn't make all, any sense. got to think about this. What their mindset is, is once you get beyond that gate, you could pass that to somebody Yeah. that they could take it on the plane. That's I, their mindset. I understand, but it's like, I'm, I'm here with my, I was with my dad, you know? Right. <laughs> like, I'm with my dad. We're picking up a lady in wheelchair. We're coming back. You see us with the lady in the wheelchair, who obviously had to go through all the same procedure stuff to do the wheelchair stuff on the pre-flight end where she came mm -hmm. from. You know, I was like, this is bullshit. This, this rule was not made for this. I get what you're saying, yeah. like, whatever, but the, so she gave it back to me. But that, after that, I was like, tell my dad, I was like, I'm never flying. Fuck, fuck this. This is all, this is all bullshit, you know? Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this crap and I'm not doing it. So I'll, I'll fly, like, if I have to, like, when we moved, I had to fly here, obviously, uh, to when we came here to check this place out, stuff like that, we flew down here and we were paid, her, my wife's job paid for all that. Um, and then, of course, we drove down here with our cars when we, when we moved. But, but like, yeah, anytime, like, like when we go to cruising and stuff like that, we drive. Like I'm not flying. Well, there's been a lot of, um, and I, I, there's actually been some push from certain airports to to get rid of TSA in those particular airports. Um, I don't know if any of them have been successful, but there was, you know, I think I want to say, I might be wrong on this, but I think Chicago was one of them. Uh, Our local but, area is really easy too. Like, and it's What's fast because our local airport here is really easy. And yeah. It's, and it's fat. Now, obviously, it's smaller. You know, it is an international airport. And usually, those smaller airports are going to be more expensive to fly into because they are smaller. Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on, yeah, you have to check that with your flights and stuff like that. But, but it's, it's kind of uh, like, because I, yeah, because I flew into this small airport. It was uh, in Pasco, Washington State. You know, okay. it was like probably about three hours outside of Seattle. And it was uh, a, one of the small airports that only has like maybe three gates. Yeah. And it was more expensive to fly into that airport than it was to like any major airport in the country. This, you know, the same thing if like I was flying to say Asheville, North Carolina. Well, it's like there. Same time, it's a smaller airport to where it's harder to fly into, and it's got a limited amount of gates. Which is the reason why, if I was to fly to go see my family in Asheville, I'd fly to Charlotte. If I didn't want to drive that, because usually you drive. I would fly into Charlotte and then just rent a car and drive an hour to Asheville. 
Yeah, it's because it depends. Because like my parents, once they 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 visited many times, but one of the times right. they visited, they decided to fly. A lot of times they'll drive here because it's not that far of a drive to Huntsville area. Um, right. But they they flew into Nashville, right? Because right. like it was a hundred. They could have flown into Huntsville because I don't know how many gates Huntsville Airport has. I've never checked, but it's a big airport. It's an international flight, so it does it has stuff. But um, right. but it, they they were like, oh yeah, it was like a hundred dollars more to fly into Huntsville, and I was like, oh cool. You know, I get it. Like, that's cool. I'd you save 200 bucks, you know, because there's two of them. I'm like, right. my dad. I was like, cool. And then, then, but then I had to drive, then I'd go pick them up at Nashville Airport, um, which Nashville, I don't know why anybody would live in Nashville. No, no knock on the city, but the traffic there is horrendous. It's like DC traffic. And then, and then, so I had to pick them up. And of course, I had to take them back when they were leaving, of course, because they're flying out of Nashville again. And um, yeah, it just wasn't worth the drive. You know, like the drive there and back is like, I'm trying to remember, I want to say it was like an hour and a half each way. From where I'm right. from, where we live to there to Nashville Airport, and then I got to come back by myself and or go there by myself, depending on which one it is. And I was like, "Yay, yeah!" So it was six hours of driving total, and I'm like, "Hey, for six, I'll I'll pay the two hundred bucks next time." You know, if it's that now, if it's like a thousand dollars difference, I get it. You know, I don't I don't mind picking my parents from the airport. I don't care. But I was like, "Hey, for you know, for a hundred dollars each, just do that." They're because they were like, "Oh yeah, this is kind of farther than we thought," and I was like, "Yeah." It's kind of, I mean, it's all highway, right. but it's not like, you know, hard drive or anything. But I was like, yeah, they're like, I was like, yeah, if you'd flown in directly in here, you'd been to our house in like 20 minutes, you know? And I was like, and then you're just right there and it's smaller airport. It's like very quick like getting off the plane and getting your baggage all real quick and everything. So, so they did that. Right. So in case they want to do it, and they, like I said, a lot of times they just drive, but if they decide they want to fly sometime, I was like, yeah, just fly into, check the prices, but fly into there. And now with the prices being so ridiculous too, you know, with everything. But, Shit. Yeah, dude, so so let me ask you something. Uh, and this, I, I guess, this happened when I was in Mexico. Um, what do you think of, uh, especially getting into a EMS topic of the show? I think this would be a pretty good one. I know we talked about this before. You thought the same thing as far as what happened at the Cincinnati Bengals game and how uh, you know the cardiac arrest that happened during that game. What, what are your thoughts on that? And I know it's something that happened a couple of weeks ago, but still it's, yeah, I mean, there's it's pretty... so much controversy surrounding it. And I thought that we maybe have a little talk about that, to try to help clear things up if people had any type of questions on it. Cause there's a lot of bullshit going around. Yeah. I mean, so, all in all, it was a pretty, obviously a horrific event for the, I don't, unfortunately I don't remember the guy's name, but um, I don't really watch the NFL, but, but the, um, the horrific event and, uh, I've heard it. You've, we've all heard about it happening in sports before um, during sure. like contact sports and stuff like that. You can just hit just the right way. You know, I grew up playing ice hockey. So I know, I remember when I was like a kid, there was like a, uh, when I played ice hockey, when I was a little kid, there was a kid that got hit with a puck, like from a shot, hit him right dead in the forehead. And he, of course he had a helmet on it hit him right in the forehead and it killed him instantaneously. Um, just, and he had a helmet on and full gear and like, it just, ha it, stuff like that happens. You know what I mean? Um, so, it sucks. It happened. Obviously the crew from, from the, you know, of course I didn't like, I didn't watch the game live or anything, but of course I've seen the replays and stuff like that. And, um, uh, that sounds like the, the crew did a great job, the EMS crew and the doctors and everything that were involved in the training trainers and stuff like that on both teams. Of course, those, those teams, both NFL teams are going to have like the highest best of the best, you know, in those facilities and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, sounds like they did a great job. And, uh, uh, he was apparently in cardiac arrest on the field. And then they brought him back, which is great. And then they you know, put him in the ambulance and took him to the hospital. And now he's been since since now has been released. So that's awesome to hear. 
Yeah, and uh, things I think needs to be addressed too is uh, there's been a lot of questions. At least I've heard people ask questions of like, "Well, you didn't even get hit that hard. How how's that even possible? Something else was going on." It's like, well, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I know all the answers about what was going on. I mean, all I know is, and same thing with you, Jay, is all I know is is what happened. Is it possible? Yeah, that's possible. And then two, uh, people need to understand something when it comes to if you can, if you get hit in the right spot, if you get hit in the right spot, and uh, Depending on uh, who knows, I don't know what type of you know medical history this guy has. But you assume um, he's he, you assume he's good because he's a professional. He's athlete, a million. Kind of a, he, yeah, they don't let those guys play. Athlete, that, yeah. yeah, that. Uh, but still, you know, if you get hit in just the right spot, like for example, back in the day, when it even prior to defibrillating somebody by by trying to use electricity to jumpstart their heart if you will or to bring it back to a normal rhythm um one of the things we used to do right off the bat was a pericardial thump Mm. you know where you you see like on especially you see on still on tv they do it where they'll they'll take their fist and they'll just smack the middle of their chest yep what that does is that little bit of kinetic energy will produce a certain amount of joules of electricity just from just from that little bit of force. And if you take that and you multiply it by how he got hit, especially if he got hit in the right spot, I mean that could produce, you know, enough of a you know, a jolt to, to possibly offset his rhythm and possibly throwing him into a dysrhythmia to there was something lethal. Yeah. You just you just don't know. I mean, is it you know, is it something that's gonna happen to it, it's a pretty stretch of a way something can happen, but it's still possible. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, people coming out of the woodworks trying to say that there was something more nefarious going on. And it's just like, that's, uh, this is something that's very possible. It doesn't happen all the time. And, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. And it, it, it's something that from everything that I've seen on the event and everything that I've seen, read, and then stuff that both of us have experienced in our careers, it's something that absolutely can happen. The only thing I no. thought was was a little weird, and 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 I don't mean this insensitively or anything like that, was just that they didn't finish the game, which I know, like, I think it was Skip Bayless or whatever, got a whole bunch of shit for that on Twitter, um, saying basically that. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It's just, I've seen, I mean, I grew up playing hockey, which is a pretty violent sport, and I've seen people... It t- not not no one dying on the field or the ice or whatever, but it has happened. People die playing basketball and stuff like that too. But on all those things that have happened in the past, once that situation has been remedied or the person is off the field or whatever, and they're taking him to the hospital or whatever, right, to get them treated for whatever the problem would be, they usually do continue the game, um, which I'm not saying you should continue the game over a human life. That's not what I'm saying. But it was just weird that this this, in all of history, sports history that I know of anyway, the popular sports, like the big sports, I've never seen it happen where they've not finished the game. Not saying they should finish the game, but it, it was weird that they just, this one made it so that it didn't get finished, which I thought was a little odd because that is not how the NFL has done stuff in the past. 
So that was the only thing that was like, well, that's kind of weird. But understandably, and with full respect to the athlete that was injured and, and died, technically, you know, and then was brought back to life. Right. Or, or, or putting it in, into a different perspective, think about p- people that have been in collisions, okay, with tremendous impact where their chest just, you know, completely just, just full throttle just goes into that steering wheel, um, depending on how the impact you know, or the type of impact. Right, like, and if they're wearing they're a seatbelt and all that stuff, yeah. If they're wearing a seatbelt, if they're not wearing a seatbelt, even if they don't have any chest, like, physical trauma, such as, fr- you know, fractured sternum, you know, Ribs, or anything like any that. type of penetrating trauma, just from that kinetic energy, just just from that impact, it can throw off the electrical activity of your heart. And we've seen it a lot. We've seen it a lot in car accidents, you know, to where... um you know, just because of the, a, a bad car accident from the impact, you know, and, and hitting the steering wheel, how, you know, I've seen people where it's thrown them into like, you know, AFib, you know, or it's just thrown them off. And uh, it's a possibility, you know, and you never know if, it, if you're hitting the right spot, depending on how hard. I mean, it's definitely something that can happen. Yeah. So, so to put people's minds at rest, I mean, that it, who were, yeah, this sounds kind of, it's definitely something that can happen. Uh, is it going to happen a lot? Probably not. No. But uh, I mean, just right, just then, just the history would show you that how many NFL games have been played ever. I don't know right. what the number is, and they've you know, to my knowledge, never had that happen before. So, and it, and in the right. old days of football, it was way more violent than it is now. You know, in comparison, right. and you get a lot of yeah, you get a lot of you know, and I'm going to use as much as I hate this term, I'm going to use it anyway, just to describe what I'm talking about. You get a lot of conspiracy theorists coming out of the woodwork. I mean, no disrespect, because I'm a conspiracy theorist myself. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But that come out and try to make more out of it than is really there and just try to – it's kind of like it's kind of like the saying goes, if you, if you look into something long enough trying to find a specific thing, you're going to find something like it. And uh, it's the same type of thing. Uh, yeah, and know, some, just, of, just, some of that, though, is like I don't – because I, I, I enjoy listening to conspiracy theories as well. But like right. some of that also is like the government's fault, you know, because we right. we get lied to about so much stupid other shit. Like we've already kind of talked. I don't want to go into the jab and all that stuff again. No. We get lied to about stuff like this. And then when something else weird happens, we're just supposed to be like, oh, it probably just is a fluke or, you know what I mean? Now, I'm not saying you're we're, I totally 100 percent agree that, you know, a traumatic hit like that at the right exact angle, right exact amount of force can definitely trigger cardiac events. There's right. no, there's no denying. That's a fact. Um, but, but, I, but I understand, I do understand people who are not EMS trained or medically trained or whatever, you know, looking at it as like, Oh, well, what's really, I understand that. I get it because they haven't, you know, most Americans, I think nowadays, whether you're a um, Republican Democrat or independent, whatever, I think there's always a little bit of little leaning of mistrust going on, you know? Like where people are like, is that really the whole story? You know? So I get it, you know, but yeah, I have to agree. Like some of the stuff I hear is just like, um, well, and there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that that gets thrown out there that kind of like, we'll use, we'll use like the whole UFO phenomenon as an example. There are a lot of legitimate, and especially now, since a lot of stuff is coming out, you see it on the news now, how, you know, some Naval pilots were zeroing in on this, you know, UFO or, um, UAF, I guess is what they're called now. 
um, unidentified aerial phenomenon. But uh, you know how they tracked that that uh, UAF going at just speeds beyond this world, maneuvering like going against the laws of physics, how it's maneuvering and whatnot. So there's legitimate stuff out there, but what clouds and, and makes, and, and even besides that case, there's over the years, there's been a lot of legitimate photos, but what discredits and just kind of makes a mockery of the legitimate stuff is all the fake bullshit that's out there. Right. And, um, you know, and that's what loses people. You know, like, for instance, there's a lot of people out there that think uh, the moon landing was fake. You know, do I personally believe the moon landing was fake? Me personally? No. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, all I know is what I've been shown. Right. You know, that, and that, but the one thing that is factual that has been proven is that whether you believe the moon landing happened or not, you know, if you believe it happened, yes, there there have been photos surrounding the moon landing that were doctored just for, you know, uh, just for PR purposes. You know, but that's not saying that it didn't happen. There were just photos that were obviously that, that have come to light to this day that were doctored just to just to add to the, uh, you know, to, to the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and that's been proven. But that doesn't mean it was fake. Um, but uh, it, it's just like trust me, and you and I have talked about this before. There's there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, I'm an open-minded guy. There's a lot of stuff out there that I think is, as far as conspiracies go, that are legit. Um, but then there's a lot of there's a lot of bullshit out there too that that tries to cloud a lot of stuff that is legit. Yeah. I mean, we just had the whole thing with the, you know, we already have like talked about it, but the vaccine stuff that we already talked about, like, you know, we already, I mean, the, the data proved itself, you know, and again, it was like people were caught lying and that, you know, and that's why it's hard to believe, you know, all of a sudden they, they're caught lying in this story here, but then we're supposed to believe that a story that was, you know, way back when or whatever, like for instance, the landing on the moon, we're supposed to believe that's real, but then in 2020, they're lying here. And it's the same people. So that's where people, I think that's what makes people confused. You know, whether you agree with it or not, or believe it or not, that's your, your business. But um, I think that's what confuses people. Cause the same people that lie to you in one story now, you know, now all of a sudden they're like, Oh, but this is really the truth here. You know? Oh, there is no such thing as aliens. The aliens don't exist, but there's area 51 that you can't go to. Oh wait, now in 20, whatever it was, 2020 or 2021, where the government admitted that that was a, you know, that, that was an alien ship or whatever that with the pilot that was watching it fly around on the radar and all that stuff. Then all, right. of, then all of a sudden it was like brought out that, Oh, there are aliens, but before there weren't and so, uh, same thing. All the same thing. Well, you can actually see, I mean, and you're seeing it a lot more now. It's almost like they're trying to get people used to the fact that these things are true and legitimate. Yeah. I mean, cause you, you see it in increments. They're starting to come out a lot, a lot more with, you know, unidentified flying objects and, and unexplained phenomena. And they're actually coming out with actual proof. And you're seeing it even on the mainstream media these days. And it's almost like they're trying to prepare the public that this stuff has been going on for a long time. And yes, it's been kept. We've kept you in the dark. Yeah, and there's a but, lot of um, and there's a lot of conspiracy theories based on that. What you just said right there. 
right. about why that is going on and stuff like that. So, well, I mean, it's it's uh, I think, and and it, if you really think about it, you think about how easy it is to, because people, you know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, if this stuff was really going on, you know, is is how could secrets stay, you know, how could these secrets be kept for so long if there's so many people involved and, you know, plus how could they keep so many people on the planet in the dark? It's like, well, if you really look at it, it's not that hard. You know, if you look at, you know, the broad spectrum of things, I, I mean, cause let's just be honest, like we've talked about before, a majority of people that get their information, they still rely on mainstream media or cable news networks or whatnot, and they don't, a lot of them don't deviate from that unless it's maybe, a lot more people are now, because this, that's why mainstream media and, and cable news networks are really on the decline, is because alternative media and the internet is, is just taken over, or podcasts. Yeah. You know, because, and, you know, and because people have so much more access to information now than they ever did before, but you look at, if you, if you look at We'll just use an example. There's a lot of people that still use the news or whatnot, and they still rely on watching TV. And and, and as we've talked about before, as, as far as the mainstream media, they're not really journalists anymore. They're just talking heads that are given a specific, specific set of topics. This is what you will talk about. This is what you will not talk about. Yeah, that's and, if, and if you go against that, proven. you get fired. And that's been proven this right. year, too, and last year. And that being said, that along with, other like say you know famous radio programs or whatnot how when, when they're trying to push certain narratives how easy it is once you how, how easy it is to create a perception of something and as famous famous words from david ike you know when you create perception you also create someone's behavior to go along with it you know, and um, if you're in control of the perception, you're in control of the behavior. And um, and and a big big proof of that was how the whole COVID situation was handled. I mean, you create the perception, and that perception is fear. Okay, and you just keep beating it in people's heads, beating it in people's heads, beating it in people's heads. And it's kind of like the saying goes: if you if you hear something at least 25 times in a row, you're going to start to believe it. But look how many people without even asking, without even questioning, without even questioning any aspect of the authority, they just went along with it. Think about that for a second. They just went along with it without asking. And then when it came to putting something in their bodies that we still to this day don't really know about, you know, it was, Nine months of, of a trial for what a thousand people that's not much at all to go off of. And, um, I'm not, you know, like I've said before, I'm not anti vax at all. We're not going to get off on that topic again, but just using it as an example, I mean, something that to this day no one really knows anything about except the perception that they've created around it with nothing to back it up. And people just don't question, but now they a lot. I mean, there, I mean, at the same time, there were a lot of people that were questioning it as it was going on, but huge mass, especially in this country, that were just going along with it. And that's a if you really look at that, I mean, it's 
<laughs> How do you herd cattle? You know, you wrangle them and kind of scare them into going the direction you want them to go. Right. And I hate putting it in those terms, but it's, it just kind of shows you how basic the psychology is. Yeah. And I think, I think you should question everything. I say that all the time, you know, not saying everything's a conspiracy. That's not what I'm saying, but you should look at everything and, and, and look at your, like you said, we've said it many times before, look at who you're hearing the information from, check it with a different source that you like, you know, whatever one you like and verify this stuff. Don't just go with like whatever they're telling you. I like I said, I don't even watch the news. Cause it's like you said, it's all, it's all just the same crap, just babbling heads, you know, bobbling whatever they're told to say by their superiors. That's all it is. There's well, no opinion anymore in anything. And, and if you have an opinion that is against what the network stands for, you're out. You know, if, well, if, yeah, if, if me and you put out an opinion about something on this podcast, anybody that listens to, you know, any of these CNN and all these dumb networks, they're going to be like, oh, that's bullshit. Uh, yeah, of course it is. Cause you're, you're, it goes against what you're saying. It doesn't mean it's bullshit. It just doesn't, it doesn't, it's not what you're, you're being force fed, you know, but you, if you're too small to be able to see that, then you're too small to be able to see that. I can't help you. You know, I'm not saying we're right about everything either that the things that, no, that, no, that no. you hear about either, but I'm saying like, but if, if, if someone brings up a legitimate, you know, yin to your yang, basically, you should look at it at least and see, you know, and, and take a look at it. You know, I don't know. That's how I feel about stuff. I, I just don't, I don't believe in like, Oh, because the government said this, it has to be true. And I just, I've just never believed that. Oh, not, not saying I don't believe the government is, you know, but nefarious or anything like that necessarily. But I'm saying like, you look at it, each thing individually. You know? Well, and that's the thing. And, 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 um, and most of the time, just follow the money. Oh, follow the money. And a, another big thing is, Listen to what they're saying, but most importantly, look at the actions that go along with it. Does the actions match what they're saying? Yeah. How many governors did they bust during that whole stuff? And I don't want to go again. We're, we're, we're just going there, I guess. But uh, how many governors did they bust that were saying like, you know, wear masks, do this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then they had the different, they had, I think it was in Michigan or whatever that he held the Michigan governor. He held this one district. Uh, he didn't enforce I mean, the law. She- was it a she? she? Okay, maybe it was a she. Yeah. I, maybe I'm getting my stories mixed up. But she held this one district out of having to do the stuff, and, and that was the last one to go, or whatever, as they were like going through the state or whatever. And then eventually, you find you come to find out that's because his daughter, or her, I guess her daughter, or whatever, had a wedding or some sort of. A, oh, you're talking about Gavin Newsom of California. Yeah, maybe I don't, I'm getting my, all my stories mixed up. He, he's point. he's just he's he's just a. He's but yeah, a like slum. yeah, bullshit. Yeah, like oh, you can't. You have to wear masks everywhere you go. But then they have these parties, and everybody takes pictures of them coming out of a restaurant and, and in the restaurant, and none of them are wearing fucking masks. But they're supposed well, to be doing a, it. You know, it's all bullshit. Was a bit, there were there were two things in the height of COVID that were like that. Um, which was one, like I said, listen to what they're saying, and the same people that were telling you, you know, about mask, 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 mask. You know, six foot distancing, six foot distancing, six foot distancing. You know don't you know have large gatherings your house are the same people the same politicians that were say going to the met gala that year pictures all over the place of them not wearing masks but we use like say we use alexandria ocasio-cortez you know one of the congresswomen of you know new york you know she was at the met gala not wearing a mask but all of her handlers that were helped carrying the back of her dress had to wear a mask. 
yeah. you know, or like you said, Gavin Newsom, when it came to going to a wedding of a mass amount of people when he was preaching, you know, at the time that, you know, all Californians had to abide by the, the new COVID, you know, regiment. And, uh, or if you don't, you know, basically you're a piece of shit yet. He got caught going to wineries and, and parties and no one was wearing shit. Yeah. I want to say there, I still say there was something in Michigan like that too, but, but yeah, it's just, it's just hypocritical bullshit. And the fact that people then follow these these a holes around because I think all politicians are pretty much a holes. Um, well, that's like I say: do their actions match what they're saying? Most of the time, exactly. no. Yeah, and, and that and, and that's if that's not a it's the same thing with uh uh you know we've talked about before how it, you know that the government's not always going to be honest with you. And, and, and there's, there's so many instances that prove that, you know, there was, you know, in Vietnam, there was the Gulf of Tonkin incident where, you know, there was, it was a, it was a false flag situation where to get the, the American public around, you know, the war in Vietnam, they made it look like that, uh, you know, the war North Vietnamese attacked one of our you know naval ships in the Gulf of Tonkin, which was a complete lie. You know, or weapons of mass destruction, which was the main bread and butter and scenario, which is the reason why we tried to get the American people to go around why we need to go in and invade Iraq and take down Saddam Hussein. Mm -hmm. There were never any weapons of mass destruction. They were never found. It was complete bullshit. Even Bush admits it now. You know, at least least in certain certain, uh, film clips you see, he actually just kind of lets the cat out of the bag. But it's just... So, and like I said, by me saying these things, I'm not saying all aspects of the government are going to lie to you, but you need to be skeptical. That's just my opinion. Yeah. You know, and those two situations are just, just two of many that are proven. And, um, you know, the, the most latest was for three and a half years, we were, it was beat into especially the world's head, especially America that the whole Russiagate thing about Trump being, you know, colluding with the Russians and which was a complete proven lie, a hoax that was literally a treasonous hoax that was basically perpetrated by the Democrat, Democratic National Committee and, and, and then some. Yet these are the people that a lot of America are still choosing to believe like if they can lie to you about that for three years and keep pushing it, what else are they lying to you about? You know? Yeah. No, I mean, and like I said, I'm, and and just, just, just to kind of round that up, I'm not trying to beat people's head full of conspiracies and whatnot. My whole point is question everything. Don't just, take some authority saying that this is the way it is, or this is the way it, you know, it's going to be, or this is the way it is now question it. Why? You know? And, um, I just think that's something everybody should do. I don't care what side of the fence you're sitting on or what your political views are, or what your religious views. I don't care. It's just don't, you know, if you, if you put, it's kind of like the saying goes, and I've said this before, if you if you're gonna live your life with your head in the sand, your ass is in the air, and you're gonna get screwed in the ass. 
that's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> you know, and, and um and um so that's just so so just you know, keep your head on a swivel and question everything. Well, I think I think we kind of beat that topic up there a little bit. Um, did you want to mention something else about uh, a coworker, and then we can end this show? Yeah, I want to. I want to give a shout out to um, a coworker of mine, um, firefighter who just recently passed away. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, for uh, for security reasons, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention his name, but uh, he passed away a number of days back. And uh, it was a great guy. Um, I had worked with him for about 16 years. Um, still not sure what the cause of death was, but you know, I'm pretty, at the same time, I just uh, hard goes out to his family, especially his two kids. And um, yeah, that's 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 kind of a hard pill to swallow especially you know he's three years younger than me you know he was only he was only 46 years old wow. that's my age <laughs> you know, so it's just it just it just kind of it kind of goes to show you i mean in, i'm seeing it more lately it seems like and it just it just beats in my head even more that you know there really is no tomorrow you don't know when your number is going to be punched you know so don't don't sweat the stupid bullshit, you know, and live your life. Yeah, exactly. Live today too. Don't don't live in yeah. Don't live in that stuff. Yeah, we'll live, do it next we'll, week or whatever. Yeah, that's all that stuff. Yeah, live today because you you know you there. If you really look at it, there is no tomorrow. You don't know. Yeah. You know you don't know if you're gonna wake up. You don't know if something's gonna happen. You know, you just don't know. So, you know, I'm a firm believer, and I've been like this for a while. Now. Live your live every day like it's your last, because you just never know when that that ticket's going to be punched. Yeah. Wow. Well, that sucks, you know, man. So, yeah. Anytime someone dies that you knew that that's rough. And then when it's in the fire department, that hits you even harder sometimes, you know? Well, yeah. I'd also like to give a shout out to there's, there's also uh, Jeff Beck passed away a number of days ago. Jeff Beck, uh, for people who don't know who Jeff Beck is, I don't know how anybody doesn't know who Jeff Beck is. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Beck was a uh, guitarist, guitarist. You know, one of the best people to ever pick up the instrument. Um, he had such a unique style um, that as soon as you heard, as soon as you heard his playing, you knew it was him. I mean, he had a specific fingerprint. Because you know, every player kind of has a fingerprint to where you can, like, you know, I can hear a lot of players now and be able to tell you who they are because they have that distinct sound and it's, you know, there's a distinct style. And, uh, yeah, it's you know uh, Lisa Lisa Marie Presley died. Elvis Presley's daughter, his only daughter, yeah, uh, passed away several days ago. Um, literally, I think it was she had she had another person who had a cardiac arrest. I think I think she had a cardiac literally right after the Golden Globes. Yeah, and they went to the hospital. And, um, yeah, and passed away at the hospital. I mean, I, just I believe it's tragic. Right. Yeah, too young. You know, she was just. I say she was pretty young too, like fifty-two, I think, or something. Yeah, she was just you know. Right in our age range, bro. Yeah, and uh, it just goes to show you that uh, you just never know, man. Well, let, let's. And there was. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. No, you're good. You're good. No, go for it, bro. 
No, I was just going to end it here if you're, if you're good, but I was just going to say, uh, okay, I hit the wrong button, so I'll, I'll edit that out. But, um, That's all right. But yeah, all I was gonna say, all I was gonna say was, yeah, I was just gonna wrap it up though, unless you wanted to add something else to it. No, man, I'm uh, I'm uh, there's there's another celebrity that passed away within this, the past several days too that I'm I I can't believe I'm forgetting and um, damn it. I haven't heard anything. Anyway, anyway, I, I apologize for not remembering. I'll remember and pay tribute the next cast yeah absolutely you know i did want to give a quick shout out to uh the country of uh let's try to say this here namibia in africa uh we were just recently rated number 14 um you know of all their podcasts there in the medical field that we're in um so that was kind of cool shout out to them and thank you for listening to the podcast uh yeah thank you all yeah that's cool man so uh I hope I, I hope I said that right. Um, but that was really cool to see that. I know we haven't been doing great with uh, putting episodes out like we talked about earlier, just because of vacations and different things going on um, and business picking up for me as far as real estate stuff. But um, it's cool to hear that even though we were like slacking for a couple of weeks or whatever, that people are still listening. And that's really, really cool. And uh, yeah, start trying to start the year off right. We'll get this one in the books and uh, move on from here, man. So do you have anything else you want to add to the cast? No, brother. All right, yeah. man. Well, then let's get out of here, dude. This has been uh, episode number 31, and we will see you next Adios. week. On... <laughs> Adios from Mexico. See you next week on Paramedics. Unscripted. Uh,